Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Let's go there. With Shira and Ryan. Entertainment. Music. Pop culture. LGBT plus news. Let's go there. Starts now. Hello. Happy Monday, y'all. This is Let's Go There with Shira and Ryan, where we catch you up on the news of the day, pop culture, and so much more. Plus, fun music in between right here on Channel Q. Hello, 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 everyone. We're back. And you're you're alive. I am alive. It was a long weekend. Um, What were you doing, Ryan? Catch people up if they don't know. Out Loud Raising Voices was a three-day music festival. Um... That also included Pride Life Stonewall Day. It's the official Stonewall Day. And Adam Lambert curated um, an incredible lineup on Sunday's show. And I was the host for all three days at the L.A. Coliseum. And um, it was incredible. It was absolutely fun. We were on Twitch streaming live. It was in person. On Twitch, we had like 5 million viewers the entire weekend, yes. which is insane. And so it was a wonderful time to um, just celebrate and be with people. I mean, honestly, how did it feel being with folks? Like it felt like this live thing that we were able to do. How did that yeah. feel? Well, it's fun you to came. have a dance you party. Came. Yeah, I had a dance party that wasn't just with me alone. There were yeah. other people there. Yeah, <laughs> that all danced like you. I'm- Everyone, it was like, it did was kind of tragic. Everyone? Yeah, I was watching from the side. I was like, wow, I'm not going in that mess. <laughs> People were jumping up and down, doing, I'm not going to say, uh, white girl dancing. Yeah, that's what they were doing, <laughs> for sure. It was just a great, great time, and um, I, I know one thing, I am tired, mm-hmm. but I'm excited to be back on air. Yeah, um, we're excited to have you. I'm, I'm excited. It was good. It was good. This weekend was fun and busy, but we got a good show yeah. coming up for you. Yeah, we're continuing to celebrate Pride, of course. Uh, we're talking about the debate over Kings at Pride at 3.25 p.m. Pacific, 6.25 p.m. Eastern. Oh, plus... We're so excited to have the gay rap duo Freaky Boys here. Yeah, so it's Black uh, Black Music Month, and we're taking the time out to honor some queer black artists this month. Mm-hmm. So check it out. We're not only celebrating Pride, but we're also making sure we're celebrating Pride intersectionally. Yeah, that is at 4.35 p.m. Pacific, 7.35 p.m. Eastern. First, let's get into some what's trending this hour. The Supreme Court ruled today that thousands of people living in the U.S. for humanitarian reasons aren't eligible to apply to become permanent residents. People who came from countries ravaged by war or disaster, it protects them from deportation and allows them to work legally, but they can't actually apply to be permanent residents. There are around 400,000 people from 12 countries with TPS status. 
So, yeah, Supreme Court, more heavily conservative. This is what they voted. Now, uh, VP Kamala Harris is in Guatemala to meet with President Alejandro Giamatti. And here she is at a press conference. I want to be clear to folks in this region who are thinking about making that dangerous trek to the United States-Mexico border. Do not come. Do not come. The United States will continue to enforce our laws and secure our border. There are legal methods by which migration can and should occur. We, as one of our priorities, will discourage illegal migration. And this comes as the border, the U.S. border, is overwhelmed with migrants, including children. And the Biden administration is still dealing with it. But that was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? See, I remember that crazy uh, story I talked about Ellie Kemper from Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. um, And she was a part of this racist pageant. Honey, well, she's speaking out finally um, because everyone was wondering, honey, where you at? It's time for the T-Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. Let's get into it. So, Miss Ellie Kemper... She had to issue an apology. Well, she didn't have to, but she did issue an apology after photo surface showing uh, her being crowned the queen of a ball that has ties to white supremacy when she was 19. She said, hey, guys, when I was 19 years old, I decided to participate in a debutante ball in my hometown. The century-old organization that hosted the debutante ball had an unquestionably racist, sexist, and elitist past. Uh, She said that she was not aware of the history at the time, but that ignorance is no excuse. She said, I was old enough to have educated myself before getting involved. Um, Now, she, (laughs) back in 1999, if you missed the story of when I explained it originally, she was uh, crowned the queen of St. Louis Veiled uh, Prophet Ball. Hmm. And I don't know why this story is kind of like trying to present it as like she was a teenager. 19, I know it has teen in it. But she's an adult. You know, 19, though, way back then, like she's a bit older, feels like people didn't have as much awareness. Like when I was 19, 19 year olds now are so much more aware than when I was 19. I'm just saying. You mean white people didn't have the excuse? Like, they had the excuse? I, to these just conversations were not happening and they weren't that, all like the research. Like, oh, I have to I'm read, sorry, like, that's not a good excuse. For I'm, me. I'm not, it's not an excuse. It's not, I'm that just, is an excuse. I'm just saying, like, the that's reality. An it's an excuse and I am not with it, but I am happy that Ellie. Um, apologize and acknowledge everything going on because I know she had to probably figure out a way to really talk about this. Oh, because yeah. Because it's just wild. Um, Wait, what year was it again? 1999. So 2000. Mm. Yeah, 2000, I feel like, uh, was a good year. Uh, but, yeah, 2000 is when I graduated high school. So, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, white people have the honor of ignoring racial issues. I, I think that um, the reality well, <laughs> is it wasn't talked about then, unfortunately. The reality is that y'all had the privilege of ignoring yeah. it. Because, so I it's not to, that it wasn't talked about. Y'all had the privilege of ignoring it. Okay, anyway, we got to keep it going. the same thing. We got to keep it going. We got more uh, T-Report coming up next hour. The stories today are very, very good. I am spilling, honey. So stick around and don't go anywhere. Next up, the FDA has approved the first new treatment for Alzheimer's disease in nearly two decades. But does it actually work? That debate next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. The FDA has approved a new Alzheimer's therapy despite mixed evidence. So should we be hopeful for a solution? Well, Catherine Ellen Foley is with us, an FDA reporter for Politico. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Well, 
I think this is huge, but I want to get into the controversy around it. First, tell us about this new drug. What do we need to know exactly? Yeah, so there hasn't been a new drug for Alzheimer's since 2003, and those drugs really treated the symptoms of Alzheimer's disease without actually getting at the root cause. There's a lot of excitement around uh, aducanumab, which is the new compound from Biogen, um, because it actually targets some of the deformed proteins and plaques in the brains of patients with Alzheimer's. Uh, but that's, that's the good news. That's the exciting thing. But I think where people are skeptical is in a late stage, two late stage clinical trials, um, it looked like even though some of the amyloid proteins were being decreased in, in, in both trials, it wasn't clear that people were actually experiencing significant uh, delays in their symptoms. So this drug isn't actually reversing any symptoms. It's just at best slowing down the progression of Alzheimer's disease and slowing down their cognitive decline. And it wasn't really clear from the phase three clinical trials that that's what was actually going on. At one point, Biogen even stopped the clinical trials because um, an interim analysis made it look like the drugs weren't actually weren't actually improving things for patients at all. Um, wow. So Biogen reanalyzed their data uh, about seven months later and then decided to submit their drug to for the FDA for approval. And the FDA, because of this sort of mismatch in in data, FDA's external advisory panel actually advised against approving the drug. So it is a bit of a shock that the FDA uh, sort of bucked that advisory committee's advice and went ahead and gave it um, an accelerated approval pathway anyway. Is that a normal thing for them to kind of go against the advice of their expert panel? It's not... I wouldn't say it's normal, but it has happened before. Um, And it does sort of suggest that they're really trying to take in a lot of advice from all all kinds of scientists. But uh, yeah, it certainly was uh, was a a surprise. And could this diminish the credibility of of the FDA? Is that what people are talking about? That's definitely one of the major concerns. I think especially when you look at a disease like Alzheimer's disease, um, where, you know, there are almost 6 million people in the U.S. living with it or and, and, and millions more caring for people with Alzheimer's disease, people are really desperate for something. And so I think what a lot of scientists fear, or neurologists fear, is that FDA's approval of this drug without um, sufficient data to say that it actually helps means that all of these people are going to be um, spending a lot of money on a drug that may not actually help them. And um, you know, may may lead them to encounter some unwanted side effects without any any real benefit. Yeah. Um, so, so. Oh, sorry yeah, about that. Ahead. No, no. I, because I'm. I guess I'm wondering what does the process of like proof look like in a situation like this? Because it, it seems like it, it, if they don't have to come up with proof that this drug works, then they like anything is possible at this point, right? They could just be like, all right, there you go, just put it out there. We think it's fine enough, but they're not giving us any type of, you know actual proof that, you know, especially if they're not going against their, they're going against their experts, it just, that kind of scares me in a way. Yeah, I mean, you raise a really good point. Um, I think there is some concern that FDA in the past has denied a lot of drugs um, where data look kind of just like this. So some people I've spoken with um, have said that they're concerned that other companies might go back to FDA and say, well, wait a minute, if you approve this drug, why didn't you approve mine? Um, and it also sort of leaves the door open for 
payers like insurance companies or Medicare or Medicaid to take on like a de facto regulatory role. So they might say like, well, if we're not sure FDA is evaluating things um, to the to the same standard they used to, perhaps we will require we the insurers will require a higher burden of proof that this drug works before we cover it. And that could essentially deny people um, the ability to get uh, some of these these other new drugs. Wow. Um, so it's definitely a concern. Uh, and just quickly, how quickly will this be in the market? Is it going to be out, out very soon? That's a great question. Um, it's not totally clear when you will be able to go get this drug. Um, it does require an IV infusion. So there's the issue of access to infusion centers. Uh, because FDA, FDA didn't give it a total approval like they would any new drug they gave it what's called an accelerated uh approval which means that 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 way people with a serious unmet disease um can get access to a new drug even if there are some uncertainties about its efficacy and how well it actually works so fda is requiring biogen to conduct sort of what we call a phase four clinical trial which is a clinical trial once the drug has already been approved to make sure that it actually does work and it actually is safe and effective. Um, and if Biogen doesn't do this in a timely manner or if the data come back and it doesn't look like this drug actually works, FDA could still revoke its approval. Um, it. So hopefully as as there's this as they've now given this drug approval, they can get those uh, sort of next step clinical trials of observational clinical trials um, mm-hmm started and, and out of the way. Well, uh, that was Catherine Ellen Foley, an FDA reporter for Politico. Thanks for giving us all this great info. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, good stuff. Now coming up, more on Facebook's two-year Trump ban. What does and doesn't it do? And when could he come back? Is there a loophole here? That's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Facebook announced that Donald Trump is banned from the platform for at least two years on Friday and that his actions on January 6th, quote, constituted a severe violation of our rules. Back with us is Rebecca Highwell, a reporter for Recode. Thanks for being here again. Thanks for having me. So were you surprised by this decision? Two years, long time. Or not enough. I think think that Facebook is in this weird situation where, you know, a bunch of people really want Trump to be permanently banned and a bunch of people want him back online right away. And I think Facebook has this incentive to kind of like toe the line and find some middle point between that. So with this two years, they're saying, you know, theoretically, this is supposed to dissuade him from doing something similar in the future but also potentially gives him the opportunity to return to the platform. So we'll have to see what happens. What do you think Facebook, when they're thinking about this decision, like, I know they're probably weighing out, like, the pros or the cons or, like, you know, and how it could affect them as a company. What do you think is kind of going on in their their brain when it comes to this decision? Like, why is this so difficult to to really figure out in a way? So there are a lot of different things on the one hand trump used this platform to spread misinformation to stoke violence um did a lot of really concerning things with it on the other hand there's a concern about setting a precedent of just banning global political leaders from one of the most important communications platforms in the world and that's a concerning sign to some about political censorship potentially so they have to think about all these different trade-offs from the harm that caught that trump has caused with his individual account to the 
broader principles that have to be weighed and and sort of what kind of power Facebook should and should not have. Yeah, they also shared that they were, and you wrote this in your article, enacting this policy change as part of a new approach to public figures during civil unrest. What does that mean? So what they've announced now is that depending on how badly um, a political leader violates Facebook's rules, they could get kind of suspended from a range of time periods. So basically what they're saying is we're announcing a new way of trying to hold public leaders who use Facebook accountable, and that punishment can range up to two years. And Trump used Facebook so in, in such a bad way that Trump should get that, that two-year suspension. And so do you think this is going to be the the same moving forward for all political figures? Because obviously there's a lot of conservative folks who are, I mean, you could say on either both sides, but also when you're really looking at it, there's a lot of um, extreme views still out there and that some political figures are kind of adapting. And so do you think that's also going to apply in the whole entire political landscape? Or is this just a Trump thing? I think with Facebook, it always gets back to the fact that they change their approach constantly. Like we've heard several different attempts by Facebook to figure out what to do with Trump. I mean, Trump for the past four to five years has been this giant catastrophe for Facebook and trying to figure out what its rules should be. And I think, well, there's, you know, we want to think these are the final rules. We have to be really cautious because every time there's a new world leader, a new question can pop, pop up. Facebook has all these new pressures in all these different directions and they could change their approach again. So I'm really hesitant to ever say, yeah, this has changed things or this is how it's going to be now because the company adapts constantly depending on the situation. Yeah. And you, you mentioned these recommendations. So I guess that's the same. They, they mentioned 19 recommendations they have, the oversight board. Yes. Yes. So the oversight board for context is this group of people that Facebook hired outside of Facebook to make decisions about what Facebook's rules should be. So pretty convoluted. But as part of the process, they gave their feedback on Facebook's decision to suspend Donald Trump and also made a bunch of different recommendations about how Facebook should be better in the future. So part of this new kind of rules paradigm that Facebook announced was in response to the criticism that the oversight board uh, gave when it was giving feedback on on Facebook's decision regarding Trump. Okay, uh, and finally, who's going to make Facebook accountable? Like, who's going to make sure that they don't mess up? <laughs> They're a private company. Is that even a such thing for a private company? Or they public? Right. Yeah. Oh, well, it's, I mean, yeah, but yeah, yeah. It's such a it's such a tough question because on the one hand, Facebook wants to sort of run a victory lap with this oversight board thing and say, oh, self-regulation really worked. Like we figured it out and we're improving. But on the other hand, then they say this is we think there should be regulation. At this point, Facebook is kind of saying like lawmakers, please just give us some rules of the road here because mm-hmm. we don't really know how to, how to handle a lot of these questions. So yet again, we come back to can lawmakers even figure out how to responsibly deal with these large social media companies in a way that makes sense and, and, and it puts up appropriate guardrails. Yeah, it seems like there's a job opening for someone here. Yeah. Uh, that was Rebecca <laughs> right. Howell, who's a, a reporter at Recode. Thanks for being here for this. Thanks for having me. Coming up, why this Olympic snowboarder is getting backlash for her recent Instagram photo. We go there next.
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast let's go there with shira and ryan channel q olympic snowboarder tora bright is getting some backlash on instagram after sharing a breastfeeding picture we thought breastfeeding was normalized well doesn't seem to be fully normalized yet on Instagram. Uh, But this is why. She posted this picture earlier this month where she was topless and she's nursing her 10-month-old son while doing a handstand. How dare she? I mean, it's a little dramatic. Why would she be doing a handstand while breastfeeding? Like, could the baby hold himself up? Well, yeah, he's sitting on the ground where she's on the, like, she's... uh, Is the baby a toddler or something? Yeah, he's 10 months old. What's 10 months? I hate... You know one thing I really hate? When parents, (laughs) like, the the baby's like, fuck... Oh, the baby's like 16. And (laughs) I didn't say I didn't complete it. I didn't complete it. I almost said it. I didn't complete it, though. Got it. The baby's like 16 years old, and they're still saying like 21 years. <laughs> like, what's the point of that? Like, literally, just say 10 months is like almost yeah. a year, right? Yeah, but to, I, I, at that age, I think by three, you start doing the year anyway. Uh, yeah. Here's the thing is she uh, she is an active person. She's been showing herself doing as, as an active woman and a mom doing things while breastfeeding. So she had a picture of herself on a skateboard. She's doing something, doing yoga. And it's showing that like. That's kind of dangerous. On a well, skateboard. She's not actually, like, you know, she just had like herself on the sidewalk posing on a skateboard. Are you this woman's publicist? Yes. Sounds like you're part of her management team or something. I'm a fellow woman that likes to see some creativity in motherhood. And I actually think this is really beautiful. How many takes did she drop the baby on its face <laughs> before she... <laughs> she got the right photo? That's Always looking mean. for the controversy, right? I'm just saying. Uh, but exactly kind of what you said, a lot of people 
asked, well, this is weird. What are you trying to prove? And if you want to do a naked handstand, go ahead. You look fantastic. But a baby isn't a prop. Yuck. And I mean, one, I think everyone has their own opinions about this, but own it. If you want to breastfeed in that way and show it off and like normalize breastfeeding, then do it. And I think this is fierce and it is goals. And I feel like I would do something like this. Well, it's not like I, I don't hate it. I, I think it's I think it's intense, but I don't hate it. And I think if she wants to do it, she should be able to do it. I hate the constant like mommy shaming that is con- like that exactly. Happens. That's it's, the problem. It's a product of misogyny and pa- the patriarchy. If we're really honest, like other parents, other mothers, other women. Yeah, women bringing each other down. Awful to her. Like that's something that we see constantly when people are speaking out about you know people giving opinions but then on the other hand you're putting this stuff on the internet everyone's going to have an opinion so you got to kind of go with the punches so because if you are going to show everyone that you also have to realize that everyone's going to have an opinion on what you're doing it's going to be good or bad yeah make a statement then make a statement expecting opinions oh well, let us know what you think at lgt shows where you can find us on social media but coming up how president biden is honoring the lives we have lost over the past 40 years of the hiv aids epidemic that's next on what's trending this hour Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Coming up on the show today, Caitlyn Jenner discusses the challenges of being trans and Republican in the Tea Report with Ryan. Because, you know, life is hard for Miss Caitlyn Jenner. Plus, why people keep discussing kinks at Pride. That is in 15 minutes. But first, let's get into some what's trending this hour. The federal government says it seized by court order $2.3 million of the ransom paid by the Colonial Pipeline to these dark side hackers. Here's Deputy Attorney General Lisa Monaco. After Colonial Pipeline's quick notification to law enforcement and pursuant to a seizure warrant issued by the United States District Court for the Northern District of California earlier today, the Department of Justice has found and recaptured the majority of the ransom Colonial paid to the dark side network in the wake of last month's ransomware attack. Basically, these folks paid in crypto, and then they were able to track the crypto to these dark side hackers. Okay. So, yeah, there's a dark side to the crypto world. I don't even know what that means. I want to get someone to break this down because I was fascinated by it when I saw it. Because I, I think this makes people who are doing things possibly illegally in the crypto world who think that they're not going to be tracked, well, it just shows that they they can be found. You can't always do things in that way, even though you think that the technology is there to do it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, maybe we'll break that down on tomorrow's show. Now, President Biden released a statement marking the anniversary of the HIV AIDS epidemic. Recognized when the first AIDS cases were documented 40 years ago on June 5th, 1981. He said this in a statement that he recognized the tireless dedication of activists, scientific researchers, and medical professionals who faced years of neglect, discrimination, fear-mongering, and limited action by government officials and the public. So they also announced that they are appointing a new director of the White House Office of National AIDS Policy, Dr. Harold Phillips, as well as more funding around the HIV AIDS epidemic, which is great. And finally, Jeff Bezos will be flying to space on the first crewed flight of the new Shepard, the rocket ship made by his space company, Blue Origin. What is he doing? Building a mansion on the moon? Who knows what's going on over there? It's like he has too much time on his hands just being a rich white man in this country. 
She's like, oh, what else could I do? Where, where else could I conquer? It seems I'm like conquer it. space. They all want to be like Iron Man. That's so weird. At least, I mean, well, Tony, Tony Stark had his issues, but at least he was likable. It was a script. He's like the only like billionaire that we could really like. He's not a real character, I know, but I'm just saying. Maybe if you got to know Jeff, you would find a little bit of some something in him that you like. But yeah, uh, his money. <laughs> I already found it. <laughs> the flight is scheduled for July 20th, just 15 days after he is set to resign as CEO of Amazon. His youngest brother, Mark Bezos, will also join the flight. I mean, this is kind of scary, though. Like, you really never know what could happen. If you're one of the first on your flights, he said, ever since I was five years old, I've dreamed of traveling to space. And he's going to be doing that journey with his brother, the greatest adventure with my best friend. And he is uh, the first before even Elon Musk and Richard Branson to do it, who all have their own projects in space. Are are these guys in a competition together? It seems like it. They want to get their rockets out there, if you know what I'm saying. Okay, that was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment? Hated that. Caitlyn Jenner opened up about her family's reactions uh, for her bid for California governor. It's time for the T-Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. So, Miss Jenner... Appeared on Fox 11 Los Angeles for an interview with, um, well, I'm not going to say that guy's name, touched on basically a ton of several t- different topics, including her education plan and her 2020 voting record. But the thing that was, I feel like we need to be talking about is how she mentioned, she said, I talked to all of my family about running for governor. And to be honest with you, it was easier to come out as trans than as a Republican candidate for governor. It was a lot tougher to sell. And then the interviewer asked her, well, you know, Kim Kardashian is going to, has, you know, kind of taken on this career in political, um, you know, things. And she's doing prison reform and she worked with the Trump administration. Is she going to be helping you out with your campaign? And here is what Miss Jenner had to say. Uh, Kim Kardashian, an advisor to President Trump, an advisor to many people in the Senate on the issue of criminal justice reform. Is she an advisor to you on that issue, which is such an important issue in this state? Um, One thing, and I talked to all my family um, about running for governor, and to be honest with you, it was easier to come out as trans than as a Republican candidate. (laughs) (laughs) As a Republican candidate for governor, it was a lot tougher to sell. Um, I think Kimberly has done an amazing job with criminal justice reform. I think she's spot on. Um, I have not asked her to be involved in my campaign, but I guarantee you, as time goes on and I become governor, I'm sure she'll have my ear. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh. So I, I wonder, that, you know, it just seems to continue to show me how, like, disconnected Caitlyn is because... No one wants to hear that Ka- there's a possibility that Kim Kardashian is going to have your political ear. That doesn't make you more appealing to to be a California governor. That honestly makes you the opposite of that. It makes you like, oh, God, everyone run. Run immediately. So, yeah, girl, I'm not sure. I'm not into this. Caitlyn Jenner, bye. That's I, your tea report. I think they were just looking for a soundbite. Like, if we can get a Kim Kardashian soundbite. But, yeah, basically, she's saying. No, they but don't- imagine that. Kim Kardashian having Caitlyn Jenner's ear. <laughs> For po- politics, get out of here. Get out of here. That's your team report, y'all. Okay. Coming up, our kinks at Pride too much. We get into the annual debate and how we can move past it next. It's getting kinky. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q.
As Pride evolves, the fight over whether kink and fetish have a place at Pride marches continues as well. And joining us right now to dive in is Robin Dembroff, a professor at Yale who specializes in LGBTQ philosophy. Thanks for being here for this. For sure. Thanks for having me. So why is this conversation such an important one that goes deeper than some might think? Well, I think that the conversation that people are having right now surrounding kink follows many of the same patterns that people have had over and over again about different aspects of the LGBT community. So whether that started out with just arguments about homosexuality itself or bisexuality or pansexuality or non-monogamy, you just get these arguments over and over again about what should or should not be included in the queer community. And I think that people are just kind of getting both exhausted of that about that conversation, but also bringing a new perspective into it this year because there's this additional conversation happening about the inclusion of corporations and police at Pride. Interesting, because I, I think the, the discourse that I'm seeing a lot around uh, kink at Pride is really based in sexual conversation, um, like how people are presenting themselves, sexual acts, all these different things, leather communities, harnesses, all the stuff that people are deeming to be um, unacceptable. It really feels like it's falling into this conversation about respectability politics. How is that playing into yeah. this? Yeah, well, I think those patterns that I'm talking about are patterns of respectability politics. And this goes back to, you know, the mid 20th century when you have arguments about what uh, the gay rights movement should look like. Like, should it be pushing for inclusion for issues that are facing transgender people or should we be just focusing on things like gay marriage and push those things off till later? Right. Like those conversations were also conversations about respectability politics and where attention and resources should be devoted. And here, I think that the respectability politics is still coming in and this idea that if queer people can just make themselves look enough like non-queer people, then maybe then liberation will come. Yeah, isn't the point of pride of like, you know, obviously celebrating the community and honoring those who fought the fight for the freedoms of this community, but then also it's about self-expression. And so it kind of defeats the purpose if you're going to start um, limiting people's self-expression or censoring. Right? Like, does that yeah. defeat the purpose of pride? Yeah, and I think that those two things are really intricately linked. And that's also the point of pride. Right? Self-expression and political liberation are both totally intertwined in pride. Because pride is a movement that arose out of queer identities. It arose out of people having desires that the patriarchal world told them, you're not allowed to have those desires. You're unnatural. You're grotesque. You belong in prison, etc. And when those people found each other, they created a movement so that they could live in the world. And so that's both a political movement and it's a movement of expression. So it's so funny that I think this morning I was on Twitter and I was looking at this conversation and it's really interesting when you're talking about the generational aspect of it. And a lot of this conversation, especially what you should wear, what you shouldn't wear, kink even being a part of, you know, and and what kink is and people especially associating it with like what having sex in a corner or or having a sex in an alley. It's really actually coming from a lot of Gen Zers. And that's kind of shocking to me in the sense Mm. of Gen Z is supposed to be this new queer, you know, the most queer generation we've ever seen and open and, and, and so willing to have these necessary conversations, but they're actually condemning in that way. Is that unexpected in this conversation? I mean, there are ways in which I agree with you that it's unexpected, but I also think that 
there has been a huge sort of commercial commercialization of pride that makes us miss what the roots of pride are. Oh, for sure. If you can wear your you can wear your T-shirt from Target that says pride started as a protest or the first pride was a was a riot or whatever. And I don't I don't know that such a T-shirt exists, but I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if it does. And, and you can wear that and miss the irony of the fact that because that is true, because the first Pride was a riot that was led by mostly trans feminine people of color, then you miss the fact that this is an event that is all about pushing the boundaries of what is considered respectable. Well, the thing is about that as well, It's it, it feels like it's not even just the Target situation, right? There is that. But it also is kind of like, oh, this culture is so big on RuPaul's Drag Race. And they feel yeah. like they are a part of the community just because they watch a season. I want to keep this conversation going because it feels like really, really important. I want to know, how do we move this conversation forward into a place where we're not kink-shaming or shaming mm-hmm. a part of this community, especially also centering straight people in these conversations because I think mm-hmm. that's not necessary. So stick around. Don't go anywhere. We got more conversation coming up next. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. We are back with Robin Dembroff, a professor at Yale who specializes in LGBTQ philosophy, talking about uh, kink and fetish at Pride and the discussion slash debate around it. And now you brought up something, Ryan, before this about, uh, you know, centering straight folks, making straight folks comfortable. Well, yeah, because, you know, a lot of people, a lot of the arguments that I also see is like, oh, well, Pride is supposed to be this family friendly event. Honey, who in the hell said that? And why am I having to, I think Pride was created as well as everything that we've listed before. Pride is created for our expression to center us for once in the conversation because we've always been othered. And so this idea that we now have to reassimilate ourselves to make these family friendly moments just feels wild. What's your perspective? Yeah, I know. I absolutely agree with the perspective. And it's interesting your word creative created there about pride because there's a sense in which pride wasn't created it happened because the police were at stonewall right arresting people for being queer and people were fed up with not being able to be themselves and so the idea that people should not be able to be themselves at pride i completely agree with you it's just antithetical to the very origins and purpose of it's this like movement. who's pride but, for at this point yeah That's what it feels like but knowing that it's not just about these other people but then also those in the community who have families who have kids now i mean it's changing is there even a way to make it so everyone feels safe and comfortable and consenting in this in these spaces well, it's interesting. I mean, the word comfortable there feels like it's a really different word than the yeah. other words in that list. 
mm-hmm. because pride is not about making people comfortable. Pride is about making people uncomfortable. Oh, right? Pride is about pushing the boundaries of what people think is an acceptable way to be a human in the world. And when the ideas about the ways it is to be acceptable exclude people who have desired ways of being that don't harm anyone else and are incredibly important for their well-being and flourishing. Yeah, I say let's shut up. Let's make people uncomfortable. Yeah, and I I think it's interesting because I want to know from your perspective, what conversation should we be having about pride this year? Like, what should we be centering? Because to be honest, this conversation does not feel like it's the most po- important conversation. Like this uh, conversation feels like this. Is, there's so many other things that should be discussed in the form of like what pride is, what we need to be talking about, who we should be centering, or accessibility also, I'm, not just for the like people. Uh, this TikTok that was in this I'm article. Not, you I, were I, in. Need, I, I need black. I need black and brown trans women to be centered. Mm. I'm, I'm tired of talk. To be honest, I, this conversation for me feels like it's important, but it's also like. It's diverting the attention for actual necessary conversations to talk about things that need to be highlighted. Where should we be moving this conversation forward? Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, this year, right, it's June, and it's already the case that 2021 has set the record for anti-trans legislation that's been introduced in this country. And we're arguing about whether or not someone can wear leather chaps yes, and then walk down the yes, street in Manhattan. Uh, thank you. I guess it's... It completely, and it's also, I think, a big misunderstanding of the lessons of intersectionality because mm. the lesson of intersectionality is that the forces of patriarchy, the forces of heteronormativity, cannot be disentangled from the forces of white supremacy and ethno nationalism. Mm-hmm. Right, and so if we take that perspective, we can see that issues like mass incarceration, like the war on drugs, like the uh, incarceration of sex workers, and so on, all of these things are important to pride as well. They're not separate movements in a sense, because going back to the idea of how identity is tangled up with political movements, pride is about there being these kinds of paradigms to which we are evaluated all the time of how humans ought to be. And when that paradigm is white, in addition to being straight, and in addition to being cisgender and so on, I think we're all in the struggle together against breaking down these kinds of monolithic ideas mm. that keep us from being ourselves. So, uh, so let's not get said. distracted. Let's focus on the bigger picture here and what really needs to be worked on. Yeah, because if you really think about it, and this is kind of my last thoughts about it, I, I always think about, and me and my friend were talking about this last night, where do black trans women really fit into the modern day pride? If you really genuinely think about it, it's not like there's so much discourse, especially there's so much misogynoir, there's so much misogyny when it comes to even in our community. Like black trans women, it just sometimes they feel isolated. And I was speaking to a black trans woman who felt that way, and especially mm. we were at a pride event. And she feels like, well, I, where am I? I? I don't identify with this kind of clubby pride music. And I also don't, you know, it just there's no yeah. there's no middle ground. And so I think there's so many necessary conversations, as you just beautifully put, about what we should be doing. And, and who we should be centering. Um, so thank you so much for joining us for this conversation. Yeah, thank you for having me. This was really fun. Yeah, that was Robin Dembroff, a professor at Yale who specializes in LGBTQ philosophy. Now coming up on the show, how vaccines impact dating. Would you uh, not date someone if they weren't vaccinated or if they were? We get into that next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. A lot of stories are coming out of folks having issues dating if they are or aren't vaxxed. Vaxxed. Vaxxed and waxed. I said vax. Are you vaxxed and waxed? Mm, 
Um, ah, she hesitated. I think I'm vaxxed. I'm going you old school these days. I'm saving money. Did you say you're going old school? No. <laughs> this oh is not. God. This is sponsored by a shaving. I can't. Razor sponsored company. by Nair. No, a razor company. <laughs> Oh God! Which, this, by the way, I used Nair what? for the first time this weekend. Where? On my legs. Oh. And um, it was kind of successful. It's weird. It, it's it, like, like a little burns. patchy. And it wasn't burn. It, it didn't burn. You just leave it on for three to five minutes, and I. But it left me a little patchy in some spots. I'm sorry. You know, I, my my self censorship is coming in right now. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say something. All right, I'm gonna move on. Okay, <laughs> anti-vaxxers um, don't just not want to date. Um, Vaxers, vaxers don't want to do anti-vaxers. Everyone is splitting up, right? Mm-hmm, Which mm-hmm, is interesting because mm-hmm. I thought it was the other way around um, that just people that are, are vaccinated don't want to date the anti-vaxers. But it seems like they're fighting back also. So this writer on Huffington Post shared a story about how she was connected to someone, and she goes, "Okay, when when are we having uh, dinner?" And he goes. I can't have dinner because I don't want to vaccine swap on fluids. She goes, what? What What does does that that mean? mean? And he basically says, if we have sex, we swap fluids. I don't trust the vax. Um, (laughs) Are you kidding me? Yes. Um, But then this was also someone who told her that he had voted for Kanye. Wow. And other problematic things. She honestly might need to go to therapy to figure out why she's attracting those type of men. That's what I'm saying. Not to make her the blame, but it sounds like, girl, if this is a consistent thing in your life, check it out. But this is a real thing that is starting to separate all of us as humans. But it's not no, even... I don't even think so. I th- that sounds like a one type of person th- like thing. Like, who's out here seriously thinking, oh, if you have sex with someone, you're swapping vaccinate? Like, oh, my fluids automatically means you're going to get the vaccine. Yeah, well, that's you. the whole thing. It's uh, a misunderstanding of how this all works which is the bigger issue because these folks don't believe in science so they're not get va- getting vaccinated and then they're creating their own signs of how it spreads right so they, by the way i love how they don't believe in a virus that spreads but they believe in a vaccine that spreads that, 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 that makes even, sense that's not even how vaccines work that's what i'm talking about they're creating their own rules for what they do feel comfortable with and don't feel comfortable with yeah to be honest don't have sex with those people because we shouldn't procreate more of those folks. So here's the thing. <laughs> like, I respect... So I have some people in my life... What? Actually, what do you respect? <laughs> there's some women I know who have been questionable of the vaccine. And they weren't When all judgmental. this information's out there? No, And there, some of them are... Some of those who are very holistic and natural. They wouldn't... It's not even about the vaccine. They're anti-all prescription, any, any sort of drugs. And, you know, my aunt... I remember her saying, you know, I keep asking my body every day if, if it's ready for the vaccine. It keeps saying no. So I'm going to trust that voice. Right. And so as long as you're not putting that on me or judging me, that's fine. And perpetuating that and like spreading misinformation. The thing is, I, I do want those people to question where those beliefs come from and where the skepticism comes from and the fear comes from. Yeah, but you just said something. You said you don't want them to put their beliefs on you. 
but they have those beliefs and they're probably having these conversations like they're having those conversations with you. They're having them with other people. No, it's only because I asked her. She actually did not bring it up a lot. But I mean, that doesn't mean who there's probably other people that she's run across and they have they're having those same conversations. Everyone is talking about it because we are collectively going through. And so my thing is, it's irresponsible to have people in your life or in anyone's life that is out here spreading misinformation and disinformation like like that. It's just completely, in my opinion, like I don't need that around me at all. Like I understand people are hesitant. And they're going through their own process. You have to, I I, I totally understand that. I don't know. If you are honestly not a person of color, like specifically black and having hesitation, then I don't really understand what is happening. Like I don't understand what you're hesitant about. Like I get it for black Um, folks, but I don't really understand it for everyone Well, to be clear, a lot of people have uh, a lack of trust with the medical system because of what they've done over decades and gotten people very addicted to different things that don't actually work for them. And I think that's where... The vaccine is an opiate. I know, it's not but opiates. that's what I'm saying. That PTSD and feeling like they... they um, in other areas of their life, they're opting to natural remedies. I'm hoping so they're... why aren't they doing that for this? So that, not. I'm hoping. I'm just saying, like I could see that, mm. but I'm hoping that their excuse isn't, "Oh my God, th- there's an addiction to opiates happening." I'm no, hoping more so their excuse it. is there has been a flub up with the you know CDC and all the misinformation it's, and it, things it, like that that's kind of been happening, especially the last president. Maybe that makes more sense to me where the hesitancy comes because yeah, there has been a lot of mixed messaging, but even mm. then. There's so much out there I now agree. that I, is just clear as day. I share that. It's just more they don't trust things that are not natural. That's what they feel. Like, it's quote-unquote not natural. Anyway, so um, uh, would you be okay? What would you think if someone canceled on you, Ryan, if they found out you're vaxxed? That's actually great. Cancel on me. <laughs> Please. It's better you know now. I actually want you to. <laughs> Let us know what you would do at LGT Shows, where you can find us on social media. But coming up next, why some folks think this Game of Thrones star just came out as bi. The real reason next. Oh. Mm. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Coming up this hour, June is PTSD Awareness Month. So we're going to be talking about how you can improve your anxiety and depression in 15 minutes. Uh, plus, why this Game of Thrones star just came out as bisexual in the T-Report in a moment. No. We don't know that for sure. Okay. Well, we're going to be diving yeah, into dive what in. we do know, why everyone's reporting about this. I don't know. Let's get into some what's trending this hour, though, right now. Simone Biles earned her seventh U.S. all-around title at the U.S. Gymnastics Championships and became the only woman with that many in history. And here she is reacting to this big moment. Yeah, it's really emotional, especially going into my second time doing um, an Olympic run. It's really crazy, and I appreciate everyone that's come out to watch and support us, especially after the year we've had. So somebody... So congrats to Simone Biles making her story. Simone, yay. We're super excited for you. Is it Simone, yay? No, I just... Okay, you just added that flair. RuPaul says that for Simone the Drag Queen. Okay, thank you. It was a drag race Thank you for the clarification. Maybe you should finally binge it, you know? Just putting that out there. I'm just going to go into Deep Dark Hole and watch uh, Drag Race. Yeah, because it's getting embarrassing. (laughs) Uh, Now, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis signed a state budget last week, taking money away from Orlando's LGBTQ Community Center and an organization that houses homeless LGBTQ youth. Equality Florida, which is a civil rights organization focused on the LGBTQ community, said that the cuts represented the entirety of funding for LGBTQ programs in the state budget. 
talking about an FU to the community, right? And they also added this. Let's be clear about what this is. Governor DeSantis has declared war on the LGBTQ community. This also comes five years after the Pulse nightclub shooting, which killed 49 people. And finally, a 21-year-old woman is being accused of shooting a Texas nail salon owner because she wasn't happy with the price of her mani-pedi. Now you know things have gone down down the deep end. repeat that again? What happened? You heard me. There is a woman that's being accused of shooting her Texas nail salon, um, the owner, because she wasn't happy with the price of her mani-pedi. I mean, you know, sometimes... (laughs) Actually, I don't even have anything for that. That sounds wild. You wonder why... Guns shouldn't be uh, legalized Over or a more. Mani Petty. Like there shouldn't be less gun reform, more of it, because of people like this. Even though I gotta say, I, when I had my first Manny Petty recently, the, it started to peel very quickly, and it made me upset too. But not to go grab a gun. I mean, and we paid so, a lot of money for that. It was like seventy dollars or something. Yeah. So uh, Joanna Vara was arrested and charged with aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. I bet. But this is what happened. She left her sister arguing the store. I guess they were arguing about all this, but then returned. And then the male owner tried to push her out of the store. At that point, she shot the owner with the handgun and she and her sister fled the salon. (laughs) But of course, this woman left her phone in the salon when she fled. So they just found her. Oh my goodness, that's awful. I mean, defense? I don't know. I don't know if that could be considered defense. That was what's trending this hour, what's happening in entertainment news, Ryan. Okay, so let's talk Miss Sophie Tucker. I mean, not Tucker, Turner. That's her name. I was thinking Sophie Tucker, the DJ group, because that's who performed at Out Loud Raising Voices this weekend, and I, we got to chat with them. Anyway, um, the Game of Thrones star is causing a quite a stir online because people are wondering, did she just come out as bisexual? Well, it's time for your tea report those pop culture stories trending right now. And honestly, it's very interesting. So she posted a message on her story on Instagram earlier this week celebrating the start of Pride, but it's all, it's not even in what she said it was the the stickers and gifts that she used she highlighted by pride um she used a gift that said time isn't straight and neither am i she used a gay pride uh, heart she i mean it says there's someone on a bicycle that says move i'm gay and so it felt like okay are you just coming out as bisexual we don't know what you're talking about here. Now, guess what? This isn't the first time she's opened up about her sexuality. In 2019, for a cover story for Rolling Stone, she actually talked about how she knew she was ready uh, to marry her husband, Jonas, brother's heartthrob, Joe Jonas. And she had to say this. She said, I was fully preparing myself to be single for the rest of my life. I think once you found the right person, you you just know I feel like I'm I'm a much older soul than I am in age. I feel like I've lived enough life to know. I've met enough guys to know. I've met enough girls to know. Okay. So she's never explicitly said it, um, but she, she did say everyone experiments. It's a part of growing up i love a soul not a gender so shout out to that bisexual queen we love to see it yeah so there's no question or there still is well i mean she still hasn't been like there there was no coming out of it i feel like she's just speaking candidly because honestly that she's doing in the way that i feel like yeah why do you need to come out that's what i'm saying um but as we're wrapping up the tea report i gotta tell you this during pride month Channel Q is partnering with Ralph's in Food for Less and the Los Angeles LGBT Center to help build the fridge for homeless LGBT youth and seniors in need. 
Please text FRIDGE, F-R-I-D-G-E, to 20357 to donate to the Los Angeles LGBT Pride Pantry. Um, every donation that is given is going to be doubled by Ralph's and Food for Less. So get into it. I mean, just $25 will literally provide a week's worth of groceries. Um, so help us fill the fridge by texting FRIDGE, F-R-I-D-G-E, to 20357 to donate. Let's do it. Let's make a good you know, change. Yep. And I just want to remind you, at 4.35 p.m. Pacific, 7.35 p.m. Eastern, we have the first queer rappers joining us on the show, Freaky yes, Boys. Yes. So stick around for that. That is going to be a blast. But next, uh, we're going to be getting into how you can deal with past traumas and learning how to cope because it is PSD, PTSD Awareness Month. That is... <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal. So why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. June is PTSD Awareness Month. Post-traumatic stress disorder affects about 7 to 8% of the population at some point, with nearly 8 million adults experiencing it in a given year. So what can we all do about this? Although, by the way, that percentage number seems very small. I feel like everyone has some PTSD in them, unfortunately. Uh, but Dr. Jordan Tischler joins us right now, who's a uh, faculty at Harvard Medical School. And a leading expert on cannabinoid therapeutics. Dr. Tischler, are you there? Yeah, I don't think Dr. Tischler's there just well, yet. But they're coming on. We're in a conference call. Um, I think they just joined on. Dr. Tischler, are you there? Thanks for joining. Yes, Let's go there. I'm here. Amazing. Hi, it's live radio. We're so happy to have You're you You're giving here. me some PTSD. Oh, awesome. Yeah, okay. yeah. We thought you weren't going to make it in time, but thanks for being um, here. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh. I didn't realize we were going live. I thought we were just having a chat. No, well, oh, it's not a podcast. It's just a it's chat, but it's live. <laughs> but uh, no, we appreciate you for joining us. Can you share what the difference is between trauma and PTSD, or how are they intertwined? Um, well, trauma is really the basis of PTSD. That's the T in the PTSD. Yeah. Um, and you know, really what we're talking about here is that either monumental trauma, 
or repeated traumas can kind of change the way we think and feel. And it creates potentially lifelong set of behaviors that are often, um, you know, a challenge for the sufferer as well as for their relationships. And that's why we have to pay attention to this because it's it's really harmful. Yeah. And the reason why I asked that is because I was just wondering if all trauma leads to PTSD, but you kind of answered that where it's like repeated and that usually creates it. Oh God. Yes. I mean, that's sort of a typical, uh, you know, childhood abuse scenario. Um, in which any one of the traumas may have been enough, but when it's ongoing, you know, seemingly endlessly, um, lots of behaviors can develop that are that are harmful. Well, here's the thing: because it's PTSD aware, uh, PTSD Awareness Month, we're really wanting to explore this idea of just, you know, learning how to cope with these traumas, right? Because I I, I think mm-hmm. about trauma in in a way where I feel like. I'm working through it in therapy. I have like a fine, mm-hmm. I, I, what I called on the show, like a financial PTSD when dealing with money and mm-hmm. having to go through the stresses of that. And there's so many things where it's just like, sometimes these moments that pop up, these traumatic moments or triggers that pop up can really take you mm-hmm. back to those moments where you, it'll have you forgetting all of the tools that are like, that could help you cope in a way. And so I, I was wondering, could you help us kind of guide, um, can you help us guide how that really works and how that really, um, how can we really figure out how to kind of use those those tips and, and the tips that you can give us to help us with the, the coping of it all? Well, you know, PTSD is a complex illness, if you will, uh, as you've described. And uh, it happens for a variety of reasons that, uh, you know, tend to lead to sort of common uh, symptoms. So there are a, a multiplicity of ways that we can and really need to address PTSD. So you kind of mentioned already um, therapy. And so there are different types of therapy, some of which are sort of long-term insight-oriented therapies that, um, you know, is really aimed at sort of finding the root cause of the trauma and kind of airing it out and coming to grips with it. And then there are shorter term things like cognitive behavioral therapy that's really focused on what you were talking about is like having some tools in your tool belt for those trigger moments so that they don't have to throw you for a loop. And then, of course, there are medications that can be helpful. Um, Meditation can be helpful. Um, and, you know, uh, cannabis can be helpful, again, if it's used in a cautious and um, thoughtful approach. Yeah, tell me more yeah, about that yeah, cannabis. Yeah, let's talk me. about that, How, because you're a cannabis expert. How can it help anxiety and depression in a sustainable way? Well, I think that you just hit on the, the key point, which is sustainability. Um, and the interesting bit is that we have uh, a fair bit of information uh, from studies that were done down at Johns Hopkins about how at least uh, veteran PTSD sufferers both benefit from and also can be harmed by cannabis in the treatment. In this case, it's really mostly the self-treatment of, of PTSD. And so we have a fair amount of data that shows that, that cannabis can be useful for things like the anxiety component or the hypervigilance, that easy startle a pro, uh, symptom. And also, as you may be aware, you know, there's a lot of um, 
loss of sleep from nightmares and night terrors and stuff that's associated with PTSD. Um, and cannabis can be helpful for those sorts of things as well. So you can get sort of a lot of bang for the buck from this one substance. But yeah. at the same time, we've also learned that people with PTSD, or at least the veteran population that was studied, can go from not using cannabis to using vast amounts of cannabis in very short amount of time. And that's not that sustainable part. Those kinds of levels of, of THC over a long period of time are probably injurious on multiple psychological and neurological levels that we don't really need to go to if we do this in that more measured and, and, and frankly, physician-guided approach. That was the answer, okay? So if you want the sustainable pr- approach, go to a physician versus uh, self-prescribing, which we tend to do, or Googling the answer. Um, <laughs> we have to wrap right now, but thank you so much, uh, Dr. Jordan Tischler, for joining us, who's a faculty at Harvard Medical School and a leading expert on cannabinoid therapeutics. Have a great night. Thank you. This was wonderful. Take care. You too. Coming up, we've got the first queer rappers joining us, award-winning rap duo Freaky Boys with us right after this. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. So if you did not know, this month is Pride Month, but it's also Black Music Month. And I feel like this... We, we need to do something where we're highlighting black queer artists. And, you know, we play some, but not a lot. And I think it's important that we reach back and talk to some of the people who are, you know, let's say the blueprint for a lot of the amazing black queer artists that we see, especially black rappers like mm-hmm. a Little Nas X. And actually on the phone, they're known as one of the first queer rappers, award-winning duo, rap duo, Freaky Boys, are with us. Give it up for TT and Prince Pierre. Thank you so much for joining. Let's go there. Hi, y'all. What's up? Hey. We're very, very (laughs) excited to have you both on. Um, I obviously am obsessed with you both. I think what you have done for rap, especially being queer and taking up space. Pierre, can you talk a little bit about how it all started and how you all started as a rap duo just 10 years ago? Oh, absolutely. First, I want to say thank you guys so much for inviting us on. We listen all the time. And I haven't seen you guys in forever, like two days. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Um, (laughs) um, Terrence and I, TT and I, we were in college, um, wow, 10 years ago. And we were in our dorm room, you know, just playing around on what was called YouTube. It was like this new this new platform that people can upload and we were just playing around on it and we uploaded a video just for fun and we woke up the next day and we had millions of views. And um <laughs> as we went on college campus, um people were calling us the freaky boys. You guys are the guys from YouTube. You guys are the freaky boys. We need more music. Um and literally overnight we became um, an internet sensation in which people were starting to fly us out and um, have us perform at Pride Festivals and everything, all while while we were still trying to get our undergrad degree. So (laughs) (laughs) that is literally the story of our come up. I mean, it's incredible. And Titi, I guess, like, you are the first gay rappers, right? I mean, I put it it out there. Or is it that there's been a lot of gay uh, gay rappers out there, but they haven't come out? Or gotten the shine. Been, yeah, been honest about who they are. Um, I want to say thank you to both of you, too, for having us on. Um, there is a big avenue of, uh, or a collective of gay artists that came before Pierre and I, but they never really had, like, 
the platform to do it, like you said, with the YouTube coming out and stuff, like people weren't doing that. And when we did it, that's how we became like in the forefront. But it's so many people who I like absolutely love who are um, gay rappers and um uh, they do call us the blueprint, and I'm just going to take that name and run with yes. it. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, I call you that because I think it's so impressive how you've thrown into this world where you were just trying to balance being like, okay, well, we were just having fun, and then it turned into a whole entire career. You know, what What do you guys, how do you all feel, especially after your three-year three year hiatus, and you're seeing the success of like a little Nas X, now you're about to come back into the world. And let me tell you, I've heard some of the music, it slays. I'm people are shook. How are y'all feeling about coming back after three years? Um, I'm super excited for TT and I to um, come out with new music. I feel feel like now the time is right. You know, things are different now. I remember um, when we were recording, it was very hard to find studios that allow us in to record because we were black um, queer artists. Um, so that was very difficult. But now um, breaking that barrier and making it more easier for queer artists to come out and express themselves through music now, I feel like now we have an upper hand because we're not only veterans now, we also now have um, a stage where it is accepted and we're not just doing um, like music that people just don't like because we're queer. There's now a platform. Yeah, definitely. And you have a new album, uh, Freak Show. Oh, and okay. that is yeah. hot. So how, how much do you bring in who you are and your identity into your music? Oh, oh my God. Okay, so first of all, our identity is like all throughout this whole entire album that's coming out. It's like the pandemic had really gave us a chance to sit back and try to think about how we can push the needle forward for queer artists and ourselves because we took that three-year hiatus, which we needed to work on ourselves as well. And it just made, like, the album is going to be amazing. I can't wait for you guys to hear it. <laughs> the songs on it is just like, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, they, they came with it. Well, how about we play a little clip of Vibrate? Y'all, y'all okay with that? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so y'all, this is Vibrate by the Freaky Boys. We're going to um, uh, play a little clip of it, and then we're going to close out with you all. So let's do it. They say we controversial, and we breaking the virtues. Now that we in the game, we in every commercial. Magazine, radio, we stay interviewing. Might hit a Wendy Williams, that's the actor. How you doing? I, I, I wake up every morning, my face in every block. Freaky boys, t-shirts, every catalog. They try to bring us down, yep. but we say fuck the press. And all these weak rappers time to take the press. I'm finna sock it to them, I'm on that cocky shit. And if you talk shit, then I'm on that rocky shit. When it comes to rapping on the best that Vibrating, listening to <laughs> listening to that. Now imagine Shira's white tail over there just getting it. She was over there twerking the seat. Y'all could y'all just I was that. getting excited. <laughs> Freaky boys, <laughs> I, I love you both, Prince Pierre, TT, aka Terrence. We are so happy you could join us here on Let's Go There. Y'all were absolutely amazing and happy Black Music Month. Everyone, tell tell everyone you when's the album coming out? We got about like five seconds left. Okay, you can find us at official Freaky Boys everywhere. Thank you guys so much for 
having us. The album Thank is coming you. out next month. Love you guys so much. Uh, Thank you, love you guys. I'm so proud of you all, and I can't wait for you to continue to get your flowers. We love you, love you, love you. Stick around. Don't go anywhere, y'all. We got more Let's Go There coming up next. Let's Go There with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. There's a new trend coming out of the wellness influencer community on social media. Are you ready for this? Is this, is this really a trend if one person is doing it? Well, it's not just one person. I'll explain. It, there's something happening with people's nether regions and the sun. And it's called, according to this one influencer whose name is Ra of Earth, perineum sunning. Uh, here's, do we have a, a clip of it quickly? Here's him explaining it. In a mere 30 seconds of sunlight on your butt, you will receive more energy from this electric node than you would in an entire day being outside with your clothes on. That's right. And he's followed by uh, three other men who just lie down on their backs with their B words to the um, sun. And he says just that can give you the vitamin D that you need. What do you feel? <laughs> this seems like right up your alley. So you ready to spread them wide open? <laughs> Who says I'm not already? Uh, you know, listen, I, I, as much as I love all this stuff, and I'm down for some nature's medicine, but they, these folks know what they're doing. They know that by calling this out, oh, this is a new thing, this could do this, they know that they're going to create some attention and people will pick it up. It looks like almost like it could be a joke. That's how, how fake this looks. But I don't think it is. Can we um, just call BS on nature's medicine? N- nature is medicine, actually. I don't know. I, you, it do you feel better when you go out stupid. in nature? It does. It sounds, it sounds so like hippy-dippy. It's not. Are you me saying do you have a do you have me any, putting my butt in the air? I didn't say that, but to, I said I believe nature, in nature's medicine. What, what is nature's medicine? It means going outside and going in nature and going on a hike when you're feeling like crap. What medicine is that actually giving you? The earth grounding. There's no question. There's no answers here. Yes, there there's is. No it's known here. for your mental health to go on nature. You can talk to therapists. You can talk to psychologists. You can talk to doctors, and they will prescribe one of the things for your mental health is to go outside. The sun is good for you. Obviously, not just like sitting in the sun like I did, where I got a big burn. <laughs> but by the way, Big Little Lies actress Shailene Woodley, who's also known for her holistic stuff. So that she goes, another thing I like to do is give my V-word a little vitamin D. Oh, God. <laughs> she said there's nothing like a little vitamin D if you're depleted. You spread your legs and get some sunshine. You know what, Sharon? <laughs> you can have it. I'm not even going to judge you. Y'all can spread your butts and do what you do. It's not hurting anyone. Anyway, let us know what you think at LGT Show. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. We're wrapping up the show as we always do with our Yes Queen of the Day. Yes, Queen. A local bakery in Texas is receiving a ton of support after a customer canceled a large order because the bakery wished the LGBTQ community a happy Pride Month. 
Yup, this Texas-based bakery called Confections posted a photo of rainbow heart cookies that look very good, might I add, captioned with this. More love, less hate. Happy Pride to all our LGBTQ friends. All lovers of cookies and happiness are welcome here. Well, the following day... They got a lot of backlash. One ca- uh, customer even canceled their order because of their support for the community. And so they wrote on the page, their heart is heavy. If you love our cookies, we have abundance of them. Hopefully tomorrow will be better. Well, let me tell you, for the first time in like their 11 years of business, they had people lining up around the corner, supporting the bakery, this outpouring of support. And I just think that's beautiful because they did something good. And I, I, I think it's important to support those who uh, do good things. So I'm happy that they, uh, you know, got what they needed out of that instead of losing money because they keep they hadn't been doing well as a company and as a, a small business. Yeah, and small businesses have gone through so much throughout this pandemic, and there should be no reason that they have to go through it just because of pride cookies. Right. Well, yeah, unfortunately, that happens. They said uh, instead of accepting donations, the owners asked supporters to donate to local animal shelters. The bakery also shared a photo of a customer took Friday afternoon, which shows, yes, as, as you I mentioned, people lining up around the block. So go check them out again. Uh, their name is Confections and maybe order a cookie. Get it delivered somehow. Wait. I don't know they're in Texas. I was like, do they have an L.A.? I feel like I've eaten their cookies before, but maybe it's just something else I'm thinking of. Yeah, I'm getting hungry. Well, that was our Yaz Queen of the Day. Yes, Queen. Sorry, my voice is a little hoarse today, guys. Can't give you the full moans. Well, it's a good one. It's still good. Thank you. And and by the way, Ryan does not smoke cigarettes, if you're wondering. Why would you even offer that? I They know that. I just talked. I know. But people think we both weekend. have like, you know, those. I always got told I had a cigarettes uh, type smoker's voice. So I'm just saying. Are we wrapping this up? Yes. <laughs> if you want to nominate anyone for our Yes Queen of the Day or just recommend a story for our show, hit us up at LGT Shows where you can find us on social media. Coming up on tomorrow's show. So exciting. We have country music star Brooke Eden joining us to talk about her CMT nomination. And we're talking about the future of country music and queerness because there's a lot of stuff happening in the country music world. And I think Brooke Eden is a part of leading that charge. Yes, love that. And if you miss any of our shows or interviews, we post everything as a podcast. Just go to the Odyssey app or where podcasts are available and search Let's Go There. And we're here tomorrow live, 2 to 6 p.m. Pacific, 5 to 9 p.m. Eastern on Channel Q. We are sending you love and light. And honey, remember the slay. See you tomorrow and stick around now for Love Align with Dr. Chris, where he's covering summer and sobriety. That's next. Bye. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.